Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory. All with great warranties. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it up, whether it's routine or difficult. They handle it all, and they're always looking for new technicians as well. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And we get the show rolling right out of the gate. Greg Pickle, who does a great job for On3.com, Blue White Illustrated, joins us. Greg, welcome back to the show. It's always a great pleasure. Steve, it's always great to be on with you. Happy traditional National Signing Day, which, of course, means nothing to Penn State this year and pretty much no one else across the country. But it is the traditional National Signing Day today. Of course, Penn State already signed a very talented class of 2024. But, yeah, it's good to be back with you as always. Yeah, uh, in fact, I was listening to an interview with – Sonny Dykes today, and they asked the TCU coach, and they asked him, he said, you know, what was today like? He says, well, we sort of just went through our winter workout and got ready for the upcoming season. He said, we didn't sign anybody. So, (laughs) he said, we already took care of that. Uh, I've got, let's start with wrestling. Let's have a little fun with that, because the best program in America is going to wrestle at what used to be, decades ago, the best program in America, Iowa. Uh, When you look at, I thought, Ohio State wrestled hard on Friday night against Penn State. It ended up being 28-9. to What was your thought in watching Penn State win 8 out of 10 in that one? Yeah, I was impressed with what Tom Ryan, head coach of the Buckeyes in Ohio State, brought to Rec Hall. That was a good match. Penn State, of course, as you know, ended up winning pretty convincingly and was never really threatened in terms of the actual dual meet score itself. But Ohio State came to wrestle, and Penn State got some good prep for not only Iowa, but, of course, the upcoming tournaments being the Big Ten and the NCAA individual tournaments in March as well. So I thought that was a great opportunity for Penn State, which didn't have as many dual meets as some of its peers nationally this year to get kind of the feet thrown in the fire a little bit, have some close matches, need to make some scoring moves late uh, to get the job done in some individual matches. It ultimately led to that final score being a bit wider in terms of margin than uh, maybe what the actual match itself looked like if you watched it bout to bout uh, from 125 through heavyweight. So, yeah, I thought Ohio State wrestled very well. I think Penn State, uh, both from the, in the two matches it lost, 133 pounds, Aaron DeGal lost, and Bernie Truex, the first year Nittany Lion as well, uh, got pinned at 184. I think both of those guys will learn from that and certainly uh, you know, grow from those moments. But I think even the guys that won will experience that as well and take some things away from their matches that uh, maybe didn't cause them to lose this time around, but could either cause them to lose in the future or uh, you know, allow matches to stay closer than uh, closer longer than they need to. So, overall, it was a good opportunity for Penn State, a good win, of course, the 52nd in a row from them in a dual meet setting. And now, as you know, it's on to uh, Iowa this weekend. So let's talk about Truex for a moment. How stunned was the building when that happened? Because, I mean, we were at Indiana at the time watching on TV. 
Yeah, I mean, you could see his opponent, uh, and I don't want to mispronounce his name, so I'm not even going to try, but, uh, you know, his opponent was definitely a guy, uh, has been, and will continue to be a guy that will look for throws, look for pinning combinations, and he was kind of setting it up a little bit and looking for an opportunity, and he found one and threw two extra his back, and that was kind of that. It happens in the sport of wrestling, and it certainly uh, is something Penn State wrestlers have done almost at will uh, in a lot of cases during the Kale Sanderson era, but sometimes they find themselves on the other end of that coin, and Bernie Truax certainly did. So clearly that's something he wanted to do, come out and lose and get pinned uh, during one of the few chances he's had so far to wrestle at uh, Rec Hall. So, you know, he'll learn from that too. But no, the building was stunned. There's no question. I think that he was stunned. The coaching staff was sitting on the bench uh, surprised. And so was certainly everybody there watching the match, no matter who they were uh, rooting for or covering or so on and so forth. So yeah, certainly a surprising outcome. But, you know, again, sometimes these guys end up in positions that they did not intend to. And when they do, there's not much they can do about it. And that's where he had himself uh, last Friday night. Bo Bartlett is a veteran. He has now ascended to number one based on the uh, events of last week. Where is he better? And with the experience, where is he better? Yeah, so if you're not a longtime Penn State wrestling fan, Bo Bartlett, of course, started his career at 149 because there was this monster in his way named Nick Lee, who, of course, is now thriving at the international level and uh, looking for a spot on the U.S. Olympic team uh, for Paris. But when he moved down to 141 last year, certainly it got him to the weight class that he was meant to be in. I think he learned a lot last year and maybe learned some lessons that even in winning and even in losing, he wasn't able to learn at 149 simply because it wasn't the preferred weight class for him. So we saw him get better and better throughout last season and it's continued this year. As you mentioned, Real Woods, the now number two wrestler from Iowa, he beat uh, Bo Bartlett 4-1 to last year when Iowa and Penn State met in a dual meet uh, in 2023, and uh, you know he lost uh, against Michigan as Iowa got stunned and upset by Michigan uh, in the dual meet setting last weekend. Uh, Real Woods lost as well, so well, that moved lost. both Bartlett I mean, up to he, number he one. He got crushed 14 to right. two. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was again kind of almost similar to Bernie Truex, not necessarily exactly the same, of course, because one resulted in a pin and one did not, but. If you go and watch that match, Real Woods just didn't have much of anything for uh, for his opponent in that match and just kind of found himself endlessly on the wrong part of the mat and and so on and so forth. So, yeah, that would you would think make uh, Bo Bartlett a favorite going into this match in uh, Carver-Hawkeye Arena, but I would just note that, you know, wrestling's a little bit different, of course, than a lot of other sports where you lose one match and it's not necessarily the start of a losing streak. And a lot of these guys, right. especially in this one-and-two setting like we have with, with Bartlett and Woods, Woods, uh, are not used to losing, and they don't take it very well. So I expect that to be a very close match. Bill Bartlett tends to find himself in some closer matches against the top competitions, which is per, per the usual uh, at the NCAA level. So I expect that match to be close, and I think even despite the results of last week, that bout could certainly still go either way. It's one of a couple that, uh, while Penn State will be favored in, uh, you know, no one's going to be shocked if they end up on the wrong side of the scoreboard. Well, it's all about matchups and styles. I mean, that's that's a big part of it, the style of the guy versus the style you have. Uh, Penn State was able to solve its 149, doing it the old-fashioned way, a Matt Town 2. Uh, what has that meant to the lineup uh, that it worked out that way? 
Yeah, so I think Tyler Kasach's obviously a freshman who has shown a ton of potential. Uh, when Penn State started the year, it never expected to have to fill uh, its 149-pound slot via uh, competition in season. But with Shane Van Ness, the returning All-American, suffered a, an injury back in the 2023 portion of the season. I think it was in December, late November or December, that caused him to uh, get surgery and miss the remainder of the year. Suddenly, Penn State had an open lineup spot that it wasn't expecting to fill. And, I mean, I think it speaks to the depth of this program, Steve, a guy like Junior David Evans can go in and compete with freshman Tyler Kasak, and it was a legitimate competition, and you know, obviously I think Kasak's the more decorated wrestler of the two, certainly, uh, at the prep level, but Evans is someone that can hold his own, and can have success as we saw in the January two dual leagues that he wrestled picking up wins, so a very talented guy as well. Uh, but Kasach's now edged him head-to-head twice, once at 141, once at 149 at tournaments. Uh, certainly they've been wrestling in the room as well, and he was able to obviously get an edge that uh, puts him in the lineup, one of two uh, true freshmen for Penn State to start this year. So it solidifies that spot, and he's a guy that continues to climb the rankings. I believe he is in the top 10 now across the board at Intermat. They have him at number 10. Uh, and so he is a, another Penn State wrestler that, despite his age, is going to fight for All-American honors and point uh, scoring team-wise uh, at Nationals. Uh, Aaron Brooks has made the move from 184 to 197. That's all new, for the most part, it's all new competition, all new styles, different scouting reports, and so forth. Uh, is he getting enough credit for what he's doing right now because he made the switch? Because it's like with him, people just assume he's going to win. Yeah, it's funny because if you talk to people who follow the sport casually, then they, I'm not even sure how many realize he necessarily bumped up. It's just kind of assumed that you look at the, the box score or you hear about the match and, oh, yeah, Aaron Brooks won again. Oh, yeah, Aaron Brooks scored another victory. But you're right. Uh, he's wrestling up a weight class. He looks very good, very fit and natural at that weight class. So there's no uh, physical issues there, which, of course, if there were, Kale Sanderson wouldn't have bumped him there. But, no, I think you make a good point that after running through so much talented competition, at a lighter weight, he's now bumped up and he's controlling uh, competition and taking care of business, just like uh, you know a guy who wrestled in that weight class all of his life. And at some you know some point, there is the fact that, that whether he's wrestling at 184 or 197, the natural talent he has and the ability he has to see things and score points because of that um, is elite and obviously at a world class level. So it, it's partly that, and also partly just. He embraced the, the chance to wrestle at a bigger weight, and maybe that's a little bit easier for him in terms of not having to cut so often and so on and so forth. And uh, he's thriving. So I certainly don't know if – it may be an underrated part of this team in terms of the success he's having despite bumping up and you know continuing to do what he's always done, even though he's at a higher weight class. I want to talk about Iowa for a moment. Uh, I just went to Indiana to do basketball. And when you're standing there and you're looking up at the banners that they have in the end zone, the one thing you notice right away is, yeah, there have been a lot of championships. But Indiana basketball has three Big Ten championships in the last tw- uh, 32 years. Okay? Not great for there, for what they do. The fan base is not happy. They haven't had a Big Ten title since 2016. Iowa, which dominated this sport for decades... Let's be honest. They're not close. They're not close. They're very good, but they are not close. Uh, They've had, what, one national title in the last, what, I don't know, 15 years, whatever the number happens to be. How do you view Iowa 
And how do you think Iowa fans view Iowa? I think Iowa fans, uh, by and large, are pretty frustrated. I mean, they see year in and year out the fact that the gap between them and and Penn State, there are some other teams that are probably more on a level playing field with Iowa than there ever was before. Uh, It's a great season for college wrestling. I'll just go uh, abstract here, you know, big picture here, and then get back to your question. But, I mean, it's a fantastic season for college wrestling. Outside of, obviously, Penn State is number one and far away the best program in the country. But, I mean, it is a legitimate question that who is going to be number two, who is going to be number three, four, and five, uh, not just during regular season, but also once you get to the tournament. There is a lot of good wrestling going on. But, you know, to answer your point, I think that that's what probably has Iowa fans frustrated is that more so than them closing the gap on Penn State, the the, the gap behind uh, Iowa has really closed significantly with a few other programs really doing a nice job over the years developing. And a lot of them are familiar names, Oklahoma State, of course, being one of them. But um, I think that's, <laughs> excuse me, where the level of frustration is probably most felt for Iowa fans is that, you know, instead of making a leap forward, they're kind of just staying the same and having other schools catch up to them. So, yeah, I agree with you. They're not really close. Obviously, the investigation with the student-athlete gambling stuff at Iowa and Iowa State derailed their lineup this year. Where that all goes and ends up, who knows. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, this lineup they have out there this year, it is not full strength for them. And even if you know they had those guys, I don't think they would seriously be challenging uh, Penn State in the team race this year. But, yeah, they have you know Tom Brands, a very good legendary head coach who's been there a long time. And there's a, it's a good program. I mean, let's, not, you know, let's be honest, it's a very good program, one of the best in the sport and in the country. But, yeah, they have not closed the gap of late. Penn State continues to widen it. Um, and part of that is just the recruiting prowess of Penn State. You look at the lineup this year. I mean, you have two freshmen now starting in it again without Shane Van Ness getting hurt. You wouldn't have Tyler Kasek at 149. But That's you have right. Braden Davis, a four-time Michigan State champ at 125. You have uh, transfers in the lineup. You have guys you can develop in the lineup. It's balanced. And that's, as we all know, what you have to do in most college sports these days is you have to be able to balance developing your returners, finding impact players or wrestlers in the transfer portal and getting guys from the high school ranks that can contribute early and Kale Sanderson and co have done all of that on it's why they continue to widen the gap across the sport at the college level all right so again big picture uh no offense to collegiate wrestling but there's nowhere to go I mean you you know you can get to the world stage there's nowhere to go there's no NBA no NFL what has the COVID year meant to the depth of the sport and is there concern two years from now about the depth of the sport because you won't have the older COVID year? That's a good question. I don't. I mean, there's definitely uh, some programs. Iowa being uh, one of them, you have more guys hanging around than in others. Some of some programs have seen their guys graduate and just get ready for the the world stage because they can still compete and not have to worry about the school side of things. So, yeah, it's a great question, Steve. I'm not I'm not sure I'm ready yet to dive into how much in two years that, that things will could you know potentially, I guess you could say bottom out or change significantly. But I would also say there's a lot of young talent in the sport, so I do think. Think that you could have some just from an overall depth perspective uh, some change and maybe a, a lowering of the level from a total perspective but um, I look across the sport and I see a lot of guys who are not going to have that COVID year at their disposal uh, who are going to be the stars of the sport both at Penn State and elsewhere uh, when you start talking about 2025, 2026, 2027 so on and so forth but you're right that you know in, un, in wrestling unlike other sports there, there is nowhere to go so you will see uh, more guys consider that COVID year if they can 
can make it work with their program if they want to take it. Um, because unless they're competing at the world stage, you know, once they're done at the college level, that's that. A lot of tickets have been sold for Monday night, but what's your read? Is that a sellout Monday night in the Jordan Center with Rutgers, or is it? Are there still tickets available? As far as I can tell, there are still tickets available. I was looking at Ticketmaster yeah. recently, and there were plenty of upper deck seating available. I would guess that's probably going to be the case through the weekend and into Monday. Uh, Rutgers are going to bring a very good uh, team into State College. There's no yes. doubt about that. Are there as many uh, top five and top ten bouts on the card as there are for uh, both the Ohio State match fr- last Friday night and the Iowa match this Friday? Absolutely not. Uh, will it be a competitive match? So, yeah, I think so. Certainly uh, not to the level of some of the BJC. Penn State wrestling opponents have been, but should be a good match. Yeah, but I would I would be surprised if every ticket in the building was sold out prior to uh, match night on Monday night. You're right, they have sold a good bit of tickets, but if you just look around on the secondary sites, there's certainly plenty out there to be had. So when they announced it was Rutgers on a Monday night, were you surprised? Yes. Oh, there's no question. And, you know, Kale Sanderson was asked about that at his – uh, first media availability back in November, and I don't have the quote exactly in front of me, but basically from the sounds of it, by the time the uh, Big Ten wrestling schedule came out, the Rec Hall was other, or I'm sorry, the Bryce Jordan Center was otherwise booked up with other events, be it athlete, athletic ones or otherwise, and so this was kind of the, the match they were left with to, to you know, get a uh, Bryce Jordan Center dual meet in this year, you know, but um, I think it's interesting to have a different opponent in there. I also just think as is well documented, Steve, that Monday night, uh, weeknight, anything at the Bryce Jordan Center in State College can be tough to get people out to, especially ones that don't live in State College, Center County, and so on and so forth. So I think that's probably why you're seeing, the obviously, tickets available for this match compared to what it would usually be uh, for the Bryce Jordan Center match. But yeah, certainly surprised me when that popped up, but it also sounded like it may have just been a scheduling quirk that was not avoidable. Right, because, I mean, Monday night, anything in this area is difficult. I mean, it just is. Right. I mean, it's just a fact of life. Greg, absolute pleasure as always. Thanks so much for the great information. Appreciate you. Thank you, Steve. Talk to you soon.